0: Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're sitting down with Donald Gibson. Donald is an author, a worldwide speaker, and the senior pastor of Mercy Gate Church in Bellevue, Texas. Today, he'll be sharing insights about his latest book release, Culture Prayer Revival. This is CPR for the church. And he'll be giving us some advice about how to spark and provoke a culture of prayer in your church. So lean in, leaders, and let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. It's another episode of the Avail podcast where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. As always, we have amazing guests. By the way, my name is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church, a.k.a. Iglesia Vertical in South Florida. We are one church, two languages. I'm your host, right here on The Avail Podcast. Every week, a new, fresh, hot episode comes out. And today, we are sitting with an amazing pastor and author, none other than Pastor Donald Gibson, who's going to be sharing about a powerful book from his heart that God put on his heart, which is specifically Culture Prayer Revival. This is CPR for the Church. Before we get into that, let's Get to know the man, the myth, the legend, Pastor Donald. It's good to have you on the Avail podcast. How are you feeling?
1: Man, I'm doing great, Virgil. So good to be with you today, man. So excited about this opportunity just to help encourage some pastors, some leaders, and really all listeners that would listen to this. I think it'll be an encouragement to them.
0: I believe it. I believe it. Before we jump in uh, to talk about your book and just your heart for prayer and God's got your God story that inspired this, I would love for our Avail audience just to get to know you a little bit better. So, so share with us who is Donald Gibson.
1: Man, yeah, um I'm. I pastored a church outside of Houston, Texas. I uh, rededicated my life to the Lord when I was seventeen years old. I was told by a slew of medical personnel that I would never make my thirtieth birthday. And wow. When I was twenty nine, God showed up in my house and radically healed me and so um i actually have a a, another book that's been put out through four rivers called in the meantime which is the story of what do you do when you're waiting on a miracle what are you doing when you're waiting on a promise and so Mm -hmm. um but man that's who i am i'm a a husband my wife um, and i've been married 34 years i have two incredible grandchildren uh, two sons, and um, man, love God, love people. That's just kind of me.
0: I love it, I love it. Thanks for sharing that. You know, uh, I think I find it so, um, I find it encouraging and exciting when I talk to pastors like yourself that just re- either receive or have a message, uh, from the Lord for people. And you know, you know, obviously, here on a veil, we we target just Christian leaders, but the truth is. All kinds of believers are leaning in right now. And I think everybody will be blessed by your your book. And the book, I love it because it's Culture, Prayer, Revival. That's CPR right there. CPR for the church, Culture, Prayer, Revival. Can you just unpack a little bit the story behind and the heart behind this book? Why did you write this book? To be honest
1: with you, this book came out of my own challenges, uh, my own frustrations. As we went through a journey of developing prayer in our church. Mm. And, you know, I I really felt like I was the guy that didn't know that I was the guy that was left out. And uh, the more I began to talk to other believers, other leaders, prayer leaders, pastors, I found out I wasn't alone. And, Mm. uh, you know, and so really out of their encouragement, saying, man, you need to put this in a book and share it with other people because it would be an encouragement to, to pastors, to leaders and others that read it. So really just their encouragement and through the 15 year process of developing this culture of prayer, the book kind of just came out of that journey and out of that, that struggle.
0: Man, I love this. As as a pastor myself, I got to admit, man, there's something so special and so attractive about a church that has a a powerful prayer culture that's not forced, it's not weird, it's not um, religious, it's just a powerful, like a powerful culture of prayer. there's so much, there's so much I want to ask you about this. I had a question, but but before that, I just, right now in my heart, I just feel like asking you, this isn't hard. This isn't easy to obtain, correct? Like, like, like it's, you don't go to every church and every church has this amazing culture of prayer. That's alive, fervent, right? Why is that? Why do you think from your experience, from your journey, why is it that even though we wish every church did, every church doesn't have a vibrant prayer culture. What, do you, what are your thoughts on that? Um, honestly, I think that us as leaders haven't put the cookies on the low enough
1: shelf for people. Mm. Um, this is what I heard in my conversations from pastors. They are just like, Donald, I can't get people to pray. I can't get them to come to prayer meetings. I can't get them to gather. And I'm like, well, have you ever thought about creating a system that goes to them? That's where they're at and they're busy lives that really begins to strengthen prayer. When I came out to the church I'm at, the Lord spoke to me and he said, "Um, I want you to find six couples and ask them to begin to pray for you and and the church. And so I, I gathered six couples and asked them to begin to pray. Well, I got with them several months later. And when I did, I asked them, I said, How much time in a week are you spending praying for the lost, for our services, for those who serve in our services? Because Sunday for us is our Super Bowl. And then how much time are you spending to pray for me? To be honest with you, Virgil, it was embarrassing because when I totaled it up, it was about three minutes. Wow. People were praying. They were praying for their kids, for their jobs, for their families, their futures, Mm. uh, for grandma, for grandpa. And so what I realized was I couldn't get mad at the people. I had failed them and not really (laughs) brought them along in the journey and taught them, Hey, this is how and what I need you to do and how I need you to pray specifically for our church. And so um, that's what we began to do. And and I really think that prayer begins at the the, um, threshold of relationship. I I wasn't giving people a to-do list. I was building relationships with people and um, asking them to reciprocate in that relationship by praying, um, not just for me, but those who Mm -hmm. served in the church and for the loss that came in. Um, and so that was our first step of initiating prayer here at our church. Now, when I came out here to where I'm at, I've been here for 15 years and, um, I took an established church. It was, it was a good church, but it was established and, um, we've now relocated it, renamed it, you know, whole nine yards, but I had never, ever faced such attack. Spiritually, wow. spiritually, um in my life, um, I'm not given to depression. I'm not given to discouragement, doubt. Um, that's just not my bent. Mm-hmm. And I would leave every Sunday wanting to quit. It didn't, wow. it didn't matter how good or bad the service was. It was terrible. And I was flying back from California, where I went out to speak, and. The Lord began to speak to me and he said, I want you to find another six couples. And I said, okay. And he said, I want them to pray with you before every service and after every service. And we were in three services, I think, at the time. And so I grabbed another six couples, found them. They began to pray with me before service. They began to pray with me after service. Now I taught them what to pray. I taught them how to pray and in doing that the first sunday we did it i have never again now now it's been 13 and a half years i've never left a sunday discouraged defeated wow dressed drained exhausted wanting to quit i'm telling you everything everything shifted and, you know, and I really, on the plane, I really just was praying. I was arguing with God. I said, God, I'm supposed to pray for the people. I, they're not supposed to pray for me. What, what, what's going on? And the Lord just reminded me of Moses. You know, he had an Aaron, He had a herd that helped keep his hands up. And he's like, I want you to gather those that are going to help keep your hands lifted. Mm-hmm. And so that was the second step of what we did to begin to build this culture of prayer
0: yeah i love this i love what you're sharing i'm I'm even getting excited just hearing what you're saying saying "Hey, i want to try that i want to do this (laughs) um here's a question without giving without giving away the book you know because i think that's part of what we want people to get it right uh but can you just maybe describe a little bit the rundown of the culture prayer revival process
1: sure um culture is built on values whatever your values are that begins to establish your culture for me, I, I believe you create atmosphere. Then atmosphere creates environment. From environment are going to come your values and your culture. Mm-hmm. For us, we're we are very much um, presence, but not weird. Uh
0: huh.
1: Okay. Um, if I could use an, an example, I, pro- I didn't put in the book. It would be Exodus chapter forty. Moses, he got all the structure, all the construct for the tabernacle. He got the system and how to put people around it. But God told him, when the presence moves, you move the system with my presence. You move the structure with my presence. So for us, we prioritize presence. Mm. And our structure moves with it. You know, it's the same thing in Acts chapter two, where they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They all became living, mobile upper rooms, basically, is what transpired. And so that's kind of what we began to create in, in, in our church. And prayer began to create out of that. And so out of that then comes... We, we right now, what we do is we have about 256 hours of prayer documented and recorded every week for our Sunday service. Powerful. We do not have a Sunday where someone isn't saved. Where, you know, at least twice a month, we get a verified miracle that has taken place. Hmm. Dr. Verified. Dr. Noted. Um, and we also out here, what's been crazy is a lot of just people being just set free, you know, from yeah. alcohol, from drugs, from pornography, from mm. addictions of life. And, and I promise you, I, I can only attribute it back to one thing. And it's the culture of prayer. Yeah. It really is. We um last year, March, and actually again, this year, It was just crazy. But we had a spontaneous um, baptism service. We had scheduled, we were gonna baptize, you know, maybe 12 people. And uh, we baptized people for five and a half hours. People (laughs) just started responding. I mean, it's one of the craziest things I've ever been a part of in my life. And I just believe it was a culmination of the culture prayer.
0: That's awesome. You know, man, I love hearing stories like this because it's, it encourages us to have faith for more. Um, when, when two things, when did it happen for you that you said, man, I need, I need this prayer. Like I need a prayer life. That's vibrant. Was there a moment for you when it clicked? And then secondly, When did it click for the congregation and how long was that process Um,
1: for me, I I, I was, I had pastored another church for 12 years and I had left there by invitation to come where I'm at. And um, so I spent about a month praying fasting asking god god what do you want me to do at this new location in this new place and the first thing the lord spoke to me was establish prayer prayer for me virgil is a discipline yeah. i it's it's um i can study for days i love to read um things of that talk speak <laughs> those things are are pretty easy but for me prayer began as a a discipline before i fell in love with prayer hmm. and, I, and i think that there are certain aspects in god's and following the lord that come easy to us and there are other things that are a discipline that you just have to begin to engage until you fall in love with it and so that's how that began to happen what and then what began to transpire at the church and and i write about it in the book is um we actually began to have wildfire at our church um that's the only way i know how to put it (laughs) and um so and and knowing a little bit about just from observing and studying when you get wildfire what you have to do is you have to build trenches around it so that you give fire direction and so what I just began to do was build some trenches around the the fire of God that was starting to show up in our services, that was showing up when we would meet for prayer meetings. And um, a lot of people didn't like it. I'm gonna be honest with you, um, they didn't care for it. They didn't care mm-hmm. for the kind of people that were coming to the church. Um, so, you know, there was some pushback, there was some resistance, but we just continued to move forward. I probably, you know, looking back, I could have led better. I could have communicated mm-hmm. better. I could have talked through it a whole lot, lot more conversations uh, could have been had. So, um, it, but I was trying to figure some of it out myself in, yeah. this, in this journey. And so, um, Cause I had some people that were like, you, you just need to, this needs to stop. And I'm like, you know, okay, what part, you know, we're getting people saved. I'm getting people set free off of drugs, mm-hmm. uh, getting marriages restored, that were headed to divorce court. What, what part needs to stop? I'm, I'm really confused. Mm. And so, But looking back, I could have done a whole lot better job communicating
0: chaos. Many are opposed to it, but the best of leaders realize that this is one of their most powerful leadership tools. Introducing leadership expert and renowned author Sam Chan's newest book, How Leaders Create Chaos and Why They Should. In this groundbreaking new book, Sam Chan shares decades of his leadership wisdom with readers and equips them with a new understanding of why the best leaders create chaos. Discover powerful leadership strategies and uncover practical insights that will revolutionize the way you lead and think. From organizational best practices to how to build up the perfect team, this book will empower you in every area of your leadership invest in yourself and dive into Sam Chan's newest book by visiting samchandchaosbook.com. Yeah, let, let let's 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 tag on that for a second because sure. this is a good leadership lesson. We don't always get it perfect the first time. We don't always get it completely right. Now with with years uh, and hindsight, right? Um, what practical advice would you give to pastors and leaders who are saying, "Man, we want to we want to start putting some first steps into building a a culture of prayer into our congregation into our church family um with with now with the the insight the experience uh f- making some mistakes along the way maybe not having the best what what are some practical tips and advice that you would share now to somebody who's saying we want to start with this where do we start
1: First thing, I would just tell any pastor, man, you've got to develop a, a, a true prayer life yourself. You can't delegate prayer. Hmm. You can delegate the ministry of prayer, but you can't delegate praying yourself. Um, secondly, is find someone that carries your heart for the church and has a heart for prayer. Um, I and I ended up hiring a prayer pastor and i remember going to my leadership team and saying hey i'm gonna hire uh, a prayer pastor and they're like what i (laughs) said yeah i want to hire a prayer pastor and they you know and rightfully so they had never heard of such a thing Mm -hmm. you know but this person had been doing it as a volunteer for us for about three years and i said i want to bring them on staff i want to bring to be a part of the team i said You know, Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer and we'll hire for everything else. So let's hire for what Jesus said his house would actually be. (laughs) And so, you know, and they went, they went with me. They went with the journey and they did. And so you may not be able to hire a, a prayer pastor, but you can bring someone in that has your heart and begin to build a relationship with them, communicating with them. Um, if, if you're a, a pastor and you're a male and the person who's coming in is a female, my wife had to endorse this person, They, my wife, and because my prayer pastor is a lady. And so mm. I needed my wife to get along with her. And so um, once my wife was good with that, we began to implement some strategies of praying. The first thing I would encourage people to do is get people praying for you as the pastor Mm. before service and after service. And the reason I say that is that's now our on-ramp, if you're going to be a part of any of our prayer teams, we have four different prayer teams, five different prayer teams, but our on-ramp is, I want to hear you pray for me. Because before I want to turn you loose praying for our people, I want to know: Can you pray for me? If you can pray for me, I'll turn you loose to pray for our people. Mm. But um, that's that's kind of where we started. Yeah. Now, and I'll tell you, birds, I've done this as a test pilot in um, seven other churches of different denominations and different backgrounds. It works. It works <laughs> in every denomination that we tried it in. And it worked in different ethnic groups um, because I didn't want to just write something and put something out that only worked in one vein or right. one flow. I, my heart is for the entire body of Christ, so that's what we did, and um, they just kind of became our um, kind of tested the the process of the journey.
0: Yeah, that's good. I like that. I think honestly, I think that if, if more pastors and churches truly desire this, I think it can open up a a whole nother level of, of spiritual growth of, of God's presence and, uh, and well, revival, what your book says. Um, There's something you talk about in your book as the essential prayer fuel. I don't know if we've already touched on it or not, but the essential prayer fuel, uh, can you, can you explain a little bit, what is the essential prayer fuel? And can you pray effectively without this fuel?
1: Um, I'm going to tell you, you cannot. <laughs> um, the, the prayer fuel is love. You, I, I, a story I told in the book, when I was a youth pastor, and this was a long, long time ago, my pastor asked me to go to the intercessory prayer meeting happening on like Tuesday night or something. He said, "Would you go to that meeting?" I said, "Sure." I said, "You don't go." He goes, "Oh no, I don't go to that thing." Well, I went. And I was shocked because they were praying against the pastor. They were praying God to get rid of him, God moving. They it, they were actually cursing the church instead of blessing the church. Hmm. So that Wednesday, I go to staff meeting and pastor said, Hey, how was prayer meeting last night? I said, Pastor, I'd shut that down. And he goes, You would. I said, It was horrible. Hmm. The things they were praying against you as, as the set man over the house was terrible. The things they were praying about the worship team was horrible. Um, I mean, honestly, they behaved more like witches than they did intercessors. If I would be honest. Mm -hmm. And so the pastor asked me to go and shut it down or to equip them. Mm. And so I went in and began to help equip them and speak to them. But when it came down to it, they had lost their love for their pastor. They lost their love for their church. And if you don't for me, prayer is about relationship with God and relationship with others. And if you don't love God and you don't love others, and it's really hard to pray effectively for the body of Christ and the local body.
0: Yeah, this is good. I, I, I wonder as I hear you talk with so much passion, and, and obviously as I see your book that's so full of passion, are there, are there, specific people that God used to fire you up in your life? Like are are there mentors or pastors or leaders? Is it, who who would you say are maybe the two or three people that truly fueled you and sparked in you a passion and a desire to just have intimacy with God in prayer? Uh,
1: you know, Dutch Sheets had a huge impact in us reading a lot of his prayer books, Terry Takele, who was a pastor in Texas um, was a huge influence. Uh, one of my um, mentor to me is Bishop Tudor Bismarck out of Zimbabwe, Harare. Uh, him and Pastor Chichi, his wife, are just prayer giants for me. And they're pouring into my life and encouraging me. Um, and our team has been huge. Um, now my prayer pastor, uh, Annette, she's she's insane, <laughs> you know, because it was in her. She didn't know it was in her and she tried to quit four times, but I wouldn't let her, you know, because sometimes mm. you just have to see the gift in somebody and continue to fuel the gift beyond their own selves. And now, oh my word, man, she she's just a powerhouse. I love it. So those those are some of the 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 mentors and the people that really spoke into my life and helped in this journey.
0: Yeah, that's good. Have you ever have you ever run into um, people that might have the wrong motive or the wrong or the wrong uh, I don't know how to say it, the wrong approach uh, to prayer or to, you know, kind of corporate you know, church, you know, prayer, culture and movement. Have you ever run into people who maybe, maybe don't get it or, 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 or have the wrong motive and approach to it
1: Uh, all the time.
0: (laughs) And what what are some of those things? What, what stands out in those?
1: I've had a lot of those conversations. A lot of people want the benefit of prayer without praying. Um, Okay. A lot of leaders want the benefits of praying. So it goes back to what I said a moment ago. A lot of guys want to delegate prayer to other people and nothing's going to replace you pray early on in this process, I was involved in everything that we did. I was, you know, I was putting the prayer models together. I was sending out the prayer models. Um, I was teaching, I was the one coaching because yeah. I knew what I wanted to build. And so I knew mm-hmm. it had to have my handprints on it and I've given it to other guides over the years and they, um, they, either hand the book to somebody and say, hey, go do this. And they don't check back with them, they don't coach them, they don't help. It's really not a part of their DNA, their culture. And so it's just another ministry. For us, it's not, it's part of our culture. Recently, I, I was coaching a guy and he's wanting to implement this. And so I just told him, I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to find 12 people in your church that'll just begin like I did. And so he did, and he told me, he said, But Pastor, I, I had about 30 who said they wanted you. I said, Tell them no, not right now. You'll start with 12. Well, wow. And he's like, I said, You want a crowd. I'm trying to give you something that's going to build for the long haul. Mm. I said, What you're wanting is a gathering, you're wanting a crowd. You were so i think we're so crowd centric instead of development centric Mm -hmm. and whenever you understand that a culture of prayer requires some development and not just a crowd then you can begin to build that that energy and that synergy that propels the church forward
0: that's good before we before we tell people where they can connect with you and how they can get the book before we do that can you just share what 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 are you hoping happens through this book and why do you want people to to grab a hold of it?
1: I've, led, I've been a part of a group leading prayer ministries all across the East Coast. Through the South for the last 12 years, 13 years, mm where we've gathered and we've gathered thousands of people, we've gathered hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people. And you hear people say the church saying America needs revival. America needs a great awakening. And I agree 100%. But as I study history and I study church, There never has been a revival and there's never been a great awakening without the church returning back to prayer. Mm -hmm. And it begins with pastors turning back to prayer. And so, I mean, you think about, you know, Finney. If it wasn't for Father Nash going in and leading those times of prayer, Charles Finney would not have had the, the, the incredible moves of God that he saw in his lifetime. So much so that when Father Nash passed away, Charles Finney had to quit traveling as an evangelist because he said the man who opened the doors for me through prayer has stopped. So my desire was simply write the book let it be among other books that mobilize the church to begin to pray again so that America can see a great, great awakening because we're in trouble. We're in big time trouble.
0: Hmm.
1: Hmm. We, we, yeah. we, have to, we have churches, and this is something I don't understand. Or we have churches that are, that are massively large with people, but not impact. And we need to have impact, but impacts only going to come when we pray.
0: Yeah, that's good. I love that. On that note, uh, on that note, Pastor Donald, can you, can you share uh, with our audience, how can they connect with you? And also where can they find the book and any other resources connected to it? Sure. Um, you can go
1: to my website, Um I'm on all the social media platforms under Donald Gibson Ministries. Um, you can find the book on Amazon, you can get it straight from my website. Um, more importantly, I just want to encourage people, get the resource, begin to implement it in their church and see what God's able to do. Because I, I really think it'll be a, a a blessing to anyone who reads it.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, DonaldGibsonMinistries.com, correct? Yes. DonaldGibsonMinistries.com. You can find more about Pastor Donald and, of course, this book, as well as others, but this book, Culture, Prayer, Revival. This is CPR for the church. Uh, I want to mention this before. Uh, one final thought or word from you. The Avail Journal, this is another resource for leaders. Uh, if you're leaning in to this podcast, watching or listening, if you have not yet subscribed to the Avail Journal, the Avail Magazine, it's it's the best Christian leadership magazine I highly suggest you go to availjournal.com. First year is on us. One year subscription, claim it. We want to cover it for you. The Avail Journal, a great Christian leadership magazine. Pastor Donald, I have found in my life that resources make all the difference when you're a leader, when you're a pastor, when you're wanting to do things, resources that inform you, that help you, that equip you. That's what Avail is. Have you had a chance to hold an Avail Journal in your hand?
1: Oh, I, yeah, I get them all the time, <laughs> every month.
0: <laughs> that's right. So availjournal.com, you can find uh, a great resource that's going to help you. They come out quarterly. We want to cover the first year for you. Uh, Pastor Donald, as we close off uh, today's podcast, uh, what do you want to leave on the hearts of, of everybody who's listening, leaning in and listening right now and just kind of been, been taken in this conversation about culture, prayer, revival? What do you want to leave on their hearts?
1: You know, I, I think that if, If I can say one thing it's God's for you Hmm. more than you ever knew. You know, Jesus said this. He said, when you pray, when you fast, when you give, the win is just, I know you're going to. And there is nothing like spending that time with the Lord Hmm. and then watching others. I think now I, I enjoy Virgil watching my team more than I've ever enjoyed me leading the way. It's, <laughs> it's it's, just so much fun. It really is. And prayer doesn't have to be legalistic. It doesn't have to be, you know, everybody has to get, no. There are ways to turn your people loose to pray. Yeah. And see what God does in, in your community. I'm telling you, it's absolutely astounding.
0: I love it. Uh, I personally am encouraged and challenged to up the prayer game in my life after talking to you and even uh, strategizing, praying and uh, um, thinking about some ideas with our team uh, to just infuse our church with the culture of prayer. I think um, I think there's some something so powerful about that. And I've experienced moments and seasons of of just intense prayer. Uh, Powerful, indescribable presence of the Lord, and it's really provoked by people who love Jesus, who who are seeking Him in prayer. Um, and so I'm encouraged. Thank you for encouraging us. Uh, on behalf of the the Avail team, Dr. Sam Chand, Martin van Tilborg, everybody who who's behind the scenes here at Avail, we just want to tell you we're thankful for your life. We we love this book. Uh, we honor you, Pastor Donald, for your service to the Lord and to the church community, and and for writing this book. Thank you.
1: Thank you. And I've thoroughly enjoyed today getting to visit with you and looking for God to do some amazing things.
0: Amen. Amen. Hey, everybody. I hope you've been encouraged by this conversation. We've been just unpacking the heart uh, of a culture of prayer. Uh, Pastor Donald Gibson's newest book, Culture Prayer Revival. This is CPR for the church. Go to DonaldGibsonMinistries.com and also find him online and on social media. Uh, My name is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church in South Florida, your host for these Avail podcasts every week, where we talk about life and leadership and ministry. I hope you've been encouraged. We'll catch you next time right here on the Avail podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail podcast with our guest, Donald Gibson. You can find out more about Donald at donaldgibsonministries.com. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. As always, I'm your Avail podcast host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at The Avail Podcast.